Welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. Welcome to season three, episode one. This season, we've been waiting to start for a while. Tonight, we have Bob and myself, Ty, and we are super excited because we are going back to the way we did things in season one. We did the teaching in season two, and now we are going back to just pretty much freestyling it with the way we discuss our topics, and we're going to be discussing revival very, very heavily, and this season might be... It could be a decade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could go on and on and on about this one. Yeah, and it's super exciting because I think uh, we really wanted to hit revival because there is a misconception on what revival really is. A lot of Christians have no idea what revival is because they think it is literally, uh, you know, one weekend a month or, excuse me, one weekend a year. Yeah. They don't. They don't know that it continues. It's something that you live. Exactly. It's something that's supposed to be sustained. Yeah. Um, so we have revival meetings every month, once right. a, once a month, just to bring everyone in, enter in, and then carry it the rest of the month. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that, and we started there because that was one of the major points I wanted to drive home, and I'll just start right right from the jump. Yeah. And that is revival is personal. Yeah. It's not corporate until it is personal. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get revival is with a personal pursuit of God. Yeah. And but then there's confusion there also. Because when people hear the word personal, they think, "Oh, it's about me." No. And it's not. No. But Once- see, that's that's the caveat there. And I mean, we could go on and on and we had a prayer uh, teaching and but it is about the intercessor and right. it's more about others and less about you and it's about kingdom on earth as it is in heaven not kingdom to you as it is in heaven yeah exactly and it, <laughs> the gospel is not about us it is about our savior and then what role we play in the kingdom building like you were just talking about right on earth as it, as is, it is in heaven. In heaven. Yeah. yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. It is in heaven. It should be on earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven. Right. I mean, think about it like this. So let me complete this thought. So why would Jesus come and say on earth as it is in heaven if he didn't expect you to pursue kingdom on earth right as it is in heaven it's all about him establishing his kingdom in the earth and not hey let's hurry up and get out of here exactly and so many people treat earth as oh you know everything's gone to hell in a handbasket i mean that's verbatim what they say and does that mean give up because i've got kids i've got kids and right. I want them to experience heaven on earth. Right. So we don't just sit around waiting for Jesus to come back because he's not coming back for a church that's dead. Right. That's Bible. Well, I mean, let me say this. And it's funny how throughout all of our episodes and we're starting out kind of let's do a little backtrack real quick. Yeah, do a review. Okay. And, and, and that is we are more than conquerors. And that's not saying that we're not conquerors. Yeah. Actually, we are conquerors. In cooperation with our heavenly king. Okay. So with that being said, 
kings don't conquer to not establish kingdoms. Exactly. So we are meant to step foot on ground that he has destined us to step foot on and establish his kingdom here now. Not us to step on ground and then go, oh, okay, take us now. Right. No, we're meant to rule and reign. That's he, the more. He that exactly. <laughs> he gave us he gave us the authority to rule and reign on his behalf. That's the more. I mean, yeah. more than conquerors. Right. People are like, oh yeah, we're conquerors because it says we're more than conquerors. No, it says you're conquerors, but you're more than that. Right. And the more right. is reigning and ruling. Right. With the authority that's not yours, but God's. You just happen to carry it. Right. Which makes it about God, not you. Let me let me say this. It's funny. We're hitting on the authority thing. And uh, I think in our body of believers and in our church, like we really stand on the authority. Yeah. Okay. Because I believe that you have no ability it's all about him and his authority. And if you don't realize the authority that you're wielding, then you're pretty much, you are ineffective. Mm. And you can't be a conqueror unless you're ruling in authority. Yeah. Unless you are walking in the authority that he gave you. It's almost like a sheriff. Each sheriff has to be deputized. Mm-hmm. Deputized with what? Authority. They can go anywhere, do anything. Why? Because they're deputized with authority. So we who are seated with him and ruling co-heirs are basically carrying out his will here. And until we realize that, that we're holding the keys of authority, we're ineffective. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go corny with this because it's a very serious note. But I, I just, it brought to mind how you were describing that. I was thinking about Andy Griffith. Mm. And, you know, Barney, like, nobody's scared of Barney. He said, you know, you don't have to respect me, but you have to respect the badge. Right. And and they listened. That authority, we see it in, in many different ways. And revival is the same, but it can come in different places. Like, there can be a dead church that does not preach about, the word it, it can literally just be hidden agendas and uh, things that are not biblical. And there can be someone in that congregation that experiences revival and is trying to bring it inside that house. It can happen in your home. It yeah. can happen on a, inside of a church that is carrying revival. And then you catch that, you catch that fire and then you start carrying it out. It can be in a workplace. It can be within a family. It could literally happen anywhere, but what is revival if it's not sustained? Right. It's not revival. Well, it's it's funny. You just made me think of something that maybe we should have started off with. Yeah. But we can kind of do a little backtrack real quick. And I mean, you know, like we said, this season is all about like just being real, getting to our heart. We wanted to teach, but we felt like, you know, we wanted to give more of of a personal side to things this season and where we're at it's really all about the passionate pursuit of god yeah maybe just do a backtrack and just yeah just say hey what is revival well i got a good definition of revival i found it in pastor kim owen's book uh doorkeepers of revival 
fantastic book. Um, I'm just going to quote this small section here. It says, it is the sustained presence and power of God that results in transformation. She said, we also need to look at revival through the lens of longevity, mm. sustainability, and uh permanence it is never meant for us to digress from the point of revival yeah dude i love that see i was that was going to be my exact definition <laughs> as well because whenever i go like i try to look at multiple sources of things and everywhere i looked online it was all about you know the awakening and and like all of, not that that can't be in there yeah the awakening comes okay. from revival though right it doesn't right, come before right it. and but they're like it's an awakening it's all of this and um i think it was pastor pastor tony suarez said this mm. and it just kind of put all that into perspective uh it's he was like it's not about awakening uh-huh he was like, it's about awareness. Right. That's and so dude, true. That I've got like, and that's really it. Yeah. I was talking about perspective on yeah. one of the deploy episodes, which you can listen to those on YouTube um, or Charlie Mike YouTube page. But I just, when you perceive something, it's going to create a perspective. So when you perceive it, you can either accept what you perceived or you can you can reject what you perceive and it will form a perspective in your mind that will form the way you walk in life. Mm. And if you're not aware of revival or what God's doing, it's going to be really hard to enter into that if you're not right. aware of it. So awareness is so important in order to enter into revival. But awareness is so key because there is a fire that has to be maintained and to you know, it, we have to keep it burning. Yeah. Uh, we have to protect the atmosphere where we are inviting the spirit in because we can't control what God is doing, but we want control. A lot of times we'll say, Hey, this is the way the service is going to go. It's printed on the bulletin. That's the way God's going to move. Right. Tell Cause people are always like, well, you can't control God. Well, you sure try a lot. Yeah. Look at your bulletin. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. If you were in revival and the more you try to put God in a box and yeah. label it revival, the less it is revival. I don't even because, think it's a box anymore. I think it's a pocket. Yeah, I would say I'd say it's a little tin that you put in your <laughs> yeah. in your pocket. Altoids box. That's your Altoids box. <laughs> what else you got in that box? Anyway, all right. But no, seriously, like there are church programs and while those can be good, I mean, sometimes order a service, like you hear us say, like PV says it all the time, mm -hmm. like just because we have an order of service doesn't mean that's the order of service. Right. Like as a musician, um, we have to constantly discern the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. We have to constantly be aware of, of the, the move of God, like in, in a moment, God will shift and he will take it from being, this is a high praise moment or, yep. okay, I'm ready to break out. We're going to get people. We're going to take people from being oppressed to overcomers. We're going to, miracles are going to happen mm. now. Like, yes, you have to discern the atmosphere. Yep. You have to be aware of what's going on. If you're not aware, then you're going to miss it. You can miss the move of God. And the more you try to put it in that list, you can't say, okay, we're giving 10 minutes for praise and worship, two minutes for an altar call, 
five minutes for an offering bucket, 20 minutes for a sermon, because good Lord, somebody can't sit there and hold their attention for more than 20 minutes anymore. And then maybe five minutes of closing notes and bulletin points. Right. You know? And then blessing and everybody's off to, you know, Golden Corral for lunch. <laughs> like, it, the thing is, is you can't put God in that box. If you put God in a box, revival is never coming to your house. That's right. And that goes back to the to the pursuit. In the pursuit, you will learn that, that God is not going to fit your agenda. You may have five minutes to give him praise and worship at home, five minutes to read the word and five minutes to chew on the word and then five minutes to maybe give, you know, your grandma a prayer. So you hope she don't stub her toe in the morning on her way to to like, you know, bingo or something. The thing is, God, in any of those moments, will break out, destroy your paradigm, because, good Lord, your religious ceremonies every day are not going to get you closer, and he knows that, and he's going to light a fire inside of you that's going to make you want to pursue him harder the next time. Yeah. And that's what it is. That's the fires that we have to cultivate. And think about it like this. You go on a camping trip, 90% of your trip is maintaining fire. Why? Because maintaining that fire is going to give you everything that you need. Same thing with God. He gave you the spark and it's your obligation to him to cultivate the fire that he gave you. I find it uh, kind of humorous when people want to talk about how great their church is and how God's moving, and but they can't give me any examples. They say, "Oh, you know, we just it was great praise and worship, and it was a great message." That's that's God moving to them. Mm. That's yeah. not that's not God healing people. That's not God right. setting them free from the bondages that they've been carrying around with them since childhood or traumas that they may have experienced and been carrying around like PTSD or something like that. And people like I, we've actually had friends of the family say, oh, you know, demons show up at your church. So why would I go there? You know, it must not be a very uh, good church if demons are, you know, showing up. And our pastor brought forth a, a verse that I, I thought was very relevant to that topic because it says in Mark one thirty nine. so he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. If demons are showing up when Jesus is there, I want my church to look like that. If demons don't think you're worth their time, they're not going to show up. There you go. Let's wrap our yeah. mind around that for a second. One thing I learned in the military, if you're not a threat, we're not messing with you. Yeah. If, it, if they're showing up for Jesus, then, then Jesus may not have been God according to your, top, you know, your rules. Right. Well, I'll put it like this. Uh, if you're not pursuing that list, I want to be on hell's hit list. Yeah. Why do I want to be on hell's hit list? Because that means that at the end of the day, you know, I will receive well done, good, my good and faithful servant. I mean, he called us more than conquerors. Let's go back for a second for a reason. If we weren't meant to conquer, then what are we doing? I just think it's funny because these people during the week, they say, oh, you know, Satan's just attacking me and all this stuff. One, you're probably not worth the devil's time because he can't be everywhere at once. And why would he pick you? Right. Second, 
if he's messing with you and you say he can't be in a church, otherwise the church isn't preaching Bible, then what does that make you? Right. And third, why would the scripture say, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you? Yeah. If you're going to have to resist the devil, wouldn't that mean you're going to have to come into contact with the <laughs> right the hosts of darkness? Yeah. Wouldn't we have to do that? It, the whole point is to rise up and resist. Yeah. And, yeah. and people think resist is like the, uh, <laughs> what was that dog the for the dare? The drug thing in school? Yeah, yeah. They think, uh, they what th- was this thing? <laughs> I don't remember. But they think literally resisting the devil is just say no. Yeah. No, it's taking territory. Yeah, it, right, right. <laughs> We're not supposed to be ineffective. Yeah. And if you were trying to avoid the devil, then the last thing you are is a conqueror. Yeah. First off, you are a carrier of the light. Yeah. You need to be running towards the darkness. Not saying to submerge yourself in it. Right, right. But to bring Jesus to those situations. Yeah, like we'll go out in the streets and pray for people. We're not going to be able to do that without jumping in and trying to pull people out. Right. But here's the thing about the church. Okay, if the church is you're seeing things happen in the church, like you're seeing like manifestations, yeah, all of that, you're going to see healings, too. Yeah. The reason I say that is because you can't have a breakthrough without a breaking. Yeah. Is is this too complicated for some people or are people too let, let me put it like this. Maybe we've seen too many horror movies in our Western culture. Yeah. Maybe we've given too much uh, attention to the demonic. Maybe we've given the devil way too many praises and accolades and too much credit for things that really had nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. And then we decided it was actually a good idea to make movies with demonic images and imagery to give him even more credit and accolades. And then now we are so turned around and twisted in this whole thing, instead of ruling and reigning, taking up the sword of the spirit and slaying, we're actually just going, ah, we we can't do that because it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah, and then we have, like, look at Job. I mean, the devil... Went before God and was like, you got nobody that is right. And God's like, what about my man, Job? Right. Obedient man of God and was put to the test. And then he had his friends that are like, well, maybe you're just sinning too much. How many times did we see that? Right. Like that's, that's what we were just talking about. Why would, you know, why would I go to your church? You got demons there. Yeah. Yeah. Demons are going to attack a threat. That's how this works. And like you were just talking about with our culture and how we've like, praise the devil so much and the demons Dude, you see it everywhere i saw it remember about 10 years ago there was a what i call the uh the 666 craze oh yeah you every, saw yeah. it everywhere every and time like, you see it yeah. it's glorified and it's like dude people get scared over it they treat it like they're like the number 13 you're like oh i don't, oh, I, don't yeah. I don't want the number 13 <laughs> yeah it's bad luck yeah black cats <laughs> and, oh, and spider webs i know people that refuse yeah. to like 
they will turn around and go the long way home right. if there's a black cat. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, what? Dude, I'll I put it like this. <laughs> we are not the same. I, I, want, <laughs> I, I, I so want to be on a hit list. Yeah. I really do. Like, I, I want that Jesus I know, Paul I know. Oh, my gosh, that's Bob. Yeah. Like, or that's Ty. Yeah. You know, that's those Charlie Mike guys. Oh, we can't have that. First off, if you know you're in right standing with God and things are like coming against you, think about it like this. It's a good thing sometimes. Not saying all the times because, you know, I think the devil would love to take us out. Absolutely. But, but he has no power. So, only, only if we come into agreement. Only if we come into agreement. And with, that's what right. drives and me crazy. So with that being said, legitimately, we have to take a step back and remember who we are. Exactly. Our identity. Yeah. And that's what's crazy because people are like, they're so scared of the devil because of our culture. Right. Because of our churches. Yeah. I mean, we have churches that are like, all right, don't go here. That way you won't come across the devil. And I'm like, that is not Bible at all. The, the disciples and Jesus, they went after stuff. Like, Paul went after stuff. He, <sighs> like, if he wasn't coming in contact with the devil, he was he knew he wasn't going the right direction. This scripture from James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee. Why would the devil flee if he's not scared of you? Right. Like, he knew who Jesus was. He confronted Jesus and challenged his identity in God. Yep. And... He knows who we are, and he knows our identity with Jesus. So he's going to try to get you to doubt that and turn away from it. The devil is afraid of you, and that is why he's going to try to bring you down, because he knows you are a threat. He is afraid of you. Some of you are asking, how can the devil be afraid of me? Like, I've had to ask that myself sometimes, too. Like, what you know, what do I have to offer? And... Then I had to refer back to James 4, 7. The devil will flee and you don't run away from something unless you are frightened. I read in, in a book by Ryan Lestrange called uh, Revival Hubs, um, this one paragraph, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. Basically, it's talking about the devil and the devil hates the kingdom uh, hates kingdom plans, mm. kingdom purposes, and kingdom leaders. A man or woman who is carrying a vision, a revelation, and the and the faith to bring it to pass is a threat to the enemy. If the devil can take you down, then he can take your vision down. And I think that's where we're at. Yeah, like we are we are at a moment where revival is breaking out where things are happening and there are people who are basically becoming aware of the kingdom and are being introduced to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And basically he's trying to take that from them. Yeah. And he is, he is now because the more people that get the revelation of God, the more threatening these people become the more they pursue God, yeah. the more threatening they become. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like what we were talking about, you know, when revival is experienced and then it's being carried. We've heard this a number of times from multiple people that have come to our church. When you're carrying something, think about a pregnancy. 
something has to be birthed. Yeah. It's not yeah. just something you carry around forever. That yeah. Something has to be birthed. Whatever you're carrying must come out and it must be filled with life. So yeah. not just birthed, but, but it must have life because you've nurtured it. Revival will die in a church when it's molded to fit our comforts and our presence inside the building instead of molding the building to invite his presence in and letting him have his way with people which births a move like right when we're when we're protecting the atmosphere that invites his spirit then we're carrying it and something's going to be birthed like and that's why you you hear us talk about territory because something's going to be birthed and territory is going to be taken things we'll see like we see all these people are like oh you know we had revival this year like oh man you had revival all year oh no we had it back in you know november and we're checking the box and we're over here praying for like openly demonic popular companies that have come into our territory and everybody is psyched about it and it looks like they're going to be super successful so we speak against it and take the authority that's been given to us and then they have to shut down because something unexpected happened or we speak and pray over things and the territory starts to change the landscape. We've, we talked about that one Wednesday night during our press prayer meeting landscapes changing. Yeah. That's what happens when revival is sustained. Yeah. The valleys are raised and the mountains are leveled. Yeah. I remember Will saying that. Dude, that was powerful. Sorry. You said something and it reminded me of another, another (laughs) thing. And like, this is the rabbit trail. And whenever you only have two of us here, like rabbit trails are awesome. Like rabbit trails galore. But basically revival will not come without a sacrifice. Oh man. And, and I start to think about it and it's like, you know, that's the prayer. In prayer, you ask for something. There is a passionate pursuit of the things of God in prayer and intercession. Many people treat revival like it's uh, like their job performance as a watchman. They leave it unattended and think their job's over if they've experienced something like yeah. one day. Yeah. Oh, I did. I was a watchman on the wall. I'm done. Oh, I've, I've experienced revival. I did my weekend revival and I'm done. And they treat it like it's something they bought tickets to and they sacrificed little, but it was enough because they were entertained and they returned to their homes unchanged because if any significant change does happen, why would they want to surrender that to the enemy? If they've experienced that significant change, they're going to carry that change, that revival. Yeah. That life that came with the birthing. Yeah. This is why we see territory given up. And while we see so much territory that must be taken back because those watchmen went to a one-time event one weekend for the year and were entertained instead of being vigilant, instead of being vigilant, they were being entertained, man, dude. All right. Let me say this This is kind of relevant, but it kind of takes a step back real quick. Okay. Uh, This year I felt like God was impressing on me at, you know, I've read um, Exodus many times, and I've read, like, let me see if I can verbatim get what God spoke to me real quick. Uh, a lot of times in in that, in the press, the push for revival, yeah. okay, we will um, get to a point where we think this is it, and we may give over to what we know 
and not saying that you know this is this is the case or we've seen this but basically in my own life god revealed to me don't give up your isaac because you're giving over to an ishmael yeah and so just because you're trying to force something to happen okay don't stop pursuing god mm-hmm. because that ishmael if you let it will be the death of your isaac because in my own life i have some personal things that like have been spoken over me and i really had to come to grips and and in prayer i felt god say that don't settle for an ishmael whenever i'm trying to give you an isaac and what we've been given we have to steward it right fully I mean, that's the carrying, the birthing, but many people think stewarding is literally money and that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you have to steward your time. You have to steward your family. That's you, part of the sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there, there's, that's when discipline is really yeah. exposed. Um, and we'll probably talk about that in one episode because I got a lot to say on discipline. But, <laughs> but see, that goes, that goes back and i mean there's a fear of the lord that has to happen and like in that discipline you need to have a healthy fear of the lord a reverential fear of the lord yeah and another thing is we have to steward a schedule think about that because this is what this kind of applies to what you just said with ishmael and isaac Mm -hmm. we fill our schedule up yeah so fast and it takes us away from the more important things that are supposed to be stewarding that we're supposed to be stewarding like the presence of god and our assignment to protect that intimacy and that territory and to take more territory i mean carrying birthing i probably have to, i feel like i have to say that after every single thing i say carrying yeah. and birthing <laughs> yeah well i mean you know as we we've heard many many times throughout the the year or so is uh the carrying of the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, you know, there's a carrying and a birthing. I mean, another thing we learned, if you can be carnal in it all. Yeah. And I don't have the time or, oh, it's so hard on my body or whatever. I mean, revival comes in so many forms. Dude, and and we we were talking about this this season and we came up with a with a title for everything and you know i mean of course god can move and it can all change but i i want to see such an outpouring because i don't think god is done doing a new thing at all Hmm. i want to see something unlike we've ever seen before and i believe we'll see it in our generation and one thing that we see in the bible are those great things Mm-hmm. that that have happened and and a lot of people are like, well that can never happen again it, they might be right some of that stuff will probably never happen again we don't know they could but what is the one thing that all heroes of the bible had not always but most of the time they had it depends on which one you're talking about all of them the heroes of the, the heroes okay yeah obedience Yes. Now, I mean, like, we see slip-ups yeah. from, from pretty much every hero of the Bible. But all of them had obedience. And that's when we saw those miraculous things happen. Like we just said, they repented when they did mess up. Right. And they may have not ended with obedience, like we see Solomon, King Solomon. But while they were obedient, God moved in their lives because they hungered for him. 
I have heard many people say that they can't wait to get to heaven. How many? I mean, oh, I can't, can't wait to get to heaven and walk the streets with Jesus. And they, they also say they can't wait to meet the heroes of the faith. And look, I can't either. I have questions. <laughs> I want to talk to these heroes of the faith. But we have heroes of the faith here now. And I'll be, right. I, I want to be one of those heroes of the yeah. faith. If obedience is present, if the hunger is present, God's power is going to manifest. Right. Yeah. It might not look like the Bible. It, it might look like what goes on in the Bible. Disobedience. We know what that leads to. Yeah. I mean, just look at Saul. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Honestly, I could just stop right there and say enough. Yeah. I mean, so much so that you take your own life. Yeah. I mean, he can't say, the enemy took me out. Next week, we will come back. We will hit these points a little harder, go deeper, um, give more biblical references behind the, the meanings of all of these things. Um so we can all just do this journey together and we can go deeper, farther with each other. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Ty? I'm excited. You excited. I'm so excited. Uh, whatever level of hunger and obedience that you're carrying, like expect the same t- amount of opposition. Oh, yeah. So stay vigilant. That's what we keep, you know, that's one thing we keep talking about. Don't let your guard down. Don't get complacent. Stay vigilant because you're not going to meet the enemy head on if you're sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, it's true. We'll see you next week. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and are ready to come to God, we at Charlie Mike would like to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But first, we want to be clear. Praying a sinner's prayer is not a ticket into heaven. These are not magic words. You must follow Christ and live for him. You cannot receive salvation by your own merits, but by what Jesus has already done. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit to be filled and experience what God has for you. You will not live the same life and you won't be able to keep Jesus to yourself if you become a Christ follower. 1 John 2, 4 tells us that the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Those commandments are to love God and to love others. If you love God, you will follow him. And if you truly love others, you will want others to experience God and give their lives to him as well. So if you are ready to pray, pray this. God, I ask for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me and nothing I have done wrong is too great for the power of his blood that was shed for me. I am ready to forsake the world and live a changed life because I realize how much you love me. I love you and I'm ready to live for you. If you made the decision to surrender yourself to God and follow Jesus, I encourage you to spend time daily with him in prayer, reading his word and worshiping him for who he is. Much will be revealed to you in this time with him. Be a part of a community of believers who grow in the fullness of God's word and join a church that does the same. Get involved and stay accountable with each other. Also, please let us know that you made this decision by emailing us at charliemike.me at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash International.